Welcome to the Inside Muskegon podcast with your host, Jason Pisecki. And now, here's Inside Muskegon. Welcome to Inside Muskegon. This is episode number 95. I'm Jason Pisecki. The Inside Muskegon podcast is a weekly show featuring interviews with community leaders and comments from everyday people from Muskegon, Michigan. The goal of the podcast is to engage Muskegonites in a dialogue about the issues that affect our everyday lives. This week's show features a podcast milestone announcement, an interview with Tracy Lorenz, a commentary on the interview, and information on contacting Inside Muskegon. Inside Muskegon has reached 100,000 downloads. Since the premiere of the podcast in November of 2005, Inside Muskegon has received over 100,000 downloads. The 100,000th podcast was downloaded after episode number 90 on September 7th, 2007. I want to thank everybody who has supported the podcast, from our guests and listeners to the media for being part of and helping get the word out on the podcast. The fact that a podcast on something as specialized as the community of Muskegon has attracted so many listeners is a powerful statement on the medium of podcasting. We're approaching another milestone, too. Stay tuned for information on our 100th episode celebration. I'm planning something special, and we'll have the details finalized soon. And now, on to our interview. Our interview this week features a return to the podcast for Muskegon Chronicle columnist Tracy Lorenz. I'm here with Tracy Lorenz with the Muskegon Chronicle. Thank you for taking the time out again with Inside Muskegon. No sweat. Always glad to come down and support Muskegon. Well, let's let's start out about talking about the column that you write each week and what your goal is with the column. I don't. My my only real goal is to get one out every week. Everything after that's just uh, showing off. It's it's not like I want to tick people off. It's not like I want to. Uh, I have no agenda. It's just whatever I feel like at the time I sit down at the typewriter or the keyboard, that's uh, that's what I write about. It's usually a spur-of-the-moment decision. Not a lot of thought goes into it. Well, you know, speaking of which, you kind of brought up something that's pretty timely. The The editorial pages have been flying again uh, with some some criticism. And in, in the our first podcast interview way back in podcast number seven, we talked about, uh, you know, how that criticism affects you. And it seems to be kind of heating up again. So what's your what's your take on, uh, you know, people's opinions and their their feedback on your column? Well, they can have whatever opinion they want. It just seems like the people that agree with me write to me and the people who don't write to my boss. So uh, I wrote a column recently about bike time, and uh, my mailbox overflowed. I mean, it had to quit taking them. So I think there were three or four or 500 emails. Three of them were negative. 497 of them were positive. But then the Chronicle, you know, that's all they get is a negative one, so that's what they print. So can't blame them. Well, I think that is something that is, is noteworthy or that people – should know and you know and the old saying in the newspaper business if it bleeds it leads and i'm sure those things make <laughs> make the headlines a little bit more but uh do I'm you hemorrhaging fe- hemorrhage <laughs> human hemorrhage do you feel like your negative comments towards muskegon or perceived negative comments i i should say um you know negatively impact the community because people do read your column and they may be from either inside Muskegon or outside of Muskegon, does that have an effect overall? Well, hopefully it has a positive one. I mean, all the stuff I write in the basis, I think, is good for Muskegon, or I want it to be. Um, sometimes you got to say, you know, the 
the king's not wearing any clothes. And people don't like to hear it. They A lot of... Muskegon's a very um, confined space. It seems like people that are here don't leave a lot. So that's all they know is Muskegon. And they don't get out and they don't get around and they don't talk to other people from other cities. And, and uh, they only know what's here. So I try to tell them what other people are thinking and then they get all crabby. <laughs> well, speaking of... Uh of some of the crabbiness recently, I think the 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 bike time article did did ruffle some feathers. And you know, what would you respond uh, to some of the some of the three criticisms out of the <laughs> uh, out of the five hundred that you got? Well, I never say anything bad about bikers. That's the thing. I mean, bikers. You can't have it both ways. They try to perpetuate this image of you know tough guys, and they travel with a backpack on their motorcycle for three days so you know maybe they're not the cleanest things and then there's the the corporate bikers and stuff but they all wear the black leather and they've got all the patches i mean you look at these guys they got more patches than a than a girl scout on their jacket and they if you're over 12 and you have a a, a skull anywhere on your body then maybe you're trying to send off a different kind of message so when you go outside of muskegon that's that's what people think of when you if you work in grand rapids or holland or zealand or uh north that's the image that uh that comes across is the you know the dirty biker image i'm not saying bikers are dirty i'm just saying that's what people think of and i don't think it when you're trying to reinvent the city and make it into a a condo place and boats and all the stuff going to lakeshore and then you throw this in there in the middle i'm just not sure it was the most positive image to portray i think bike time you know is fine but i don't think it's going to save anything i'm going to save the town well let's uh touch on another topic that people you know tend to enjoy around here in the farmer's market yeah <laughs> farmer's market yes i was i was intricately involved in or intimately involved in trying to move the farmer's market and uh met with much um well distaste i guess you could say uh it also seems that the people of Muskegon think that if anything wants to change, if someone's going to change something, it's because you're trying to screw them. You're going to make some money off this, and that's not a good thing. It's uh, the communist mentality of Muskegon. So, I, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the farmer's market is a pit. And I, I talked to the lady that, down there that runs the farmer's market, and she agreed. She said, it's a pit, but it's our pit, and we don't want it to be a nice place. We're happy with Stink Creek, and we're happy with our rusty, you know, bad bathrooms and all this stuff. And I just couldn't understand. The farmers naturally are against it because they, it's cheap. I mean, they're only, if you get a year pass or whatever, it's only eight bucks a day to rent the thing. So you sell a couple pumpkins and you're covered. So they were all afraid the the money was going to go up, the the fees were going to go up. But I think if you, if you, just do it every just daily it's only 20 bucks so it's a pretty good deal and i thought moving the farmer's market onto the lakeshore onto the waterfront and making it more like a park atmosphere it could help revive the um the marina down there it could help uh, move the city center a little bit from um, a corner of a couple of highways in a in a empty field to uh, down by the y thought it was a good deal all the way around and it was being paid for by a uh, uh out of town money. I mean, it, was, it wasn't going to cost the city actually anything. So. Oh, another one of the topics that we touched on in our earlier podcast was downtown. And in the last year and a half since we did our our last Inside Muskegon interview, there there's some shovels being turned downtown. Uh, what's your take on the the progress happening down here? Well, it is 
progress i guess i uh, i think the um the baker college thing is great i think uh, from day one i thought what they should do with downtown is make it into a education center because first you bring in the students then the students bring in housing then you bring in bars and restaurants and everything sort of plays off that it was it's sort of a mishmash down there now where they've got a furniture store and a harley dealership and uh, you know a couple of condos and it's 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 there's no real theme going on so i think you could have sent it like grand rapids with the the medical stuff up on the hill you, you you have a center and then everything sort of spreads off of that and i think the educational if you can get community college to put a place down there and maybe uh michigan state extension or western or something that that's that is what ultimately will help downtown I thought you made an interesting point in one of your recent columns with all the development going on in downtown Muskegon, but those investments being made uh, to companies that that don't have their headquarters in Muskegon, whether they're construction firms outside of town or other other firms outside of Muskegon. What's the message there that these these great developments, because they are they are good for Muskegon, they're good for the community, but the money's being invested with businesses outside of the area. Well, I think it's kind of like a, a Hollywood set where, you know, from the street it looks like all these nice buildings for uh, Back to the Future, but you go behind it and it's just a bunch of sticks. Um, I don't know if many people even know who those companies are that are coming in here, that, uh, but they're mostly they're construction companies, but they're also big developers out of Grand Rapids. And anyone that was in Grand Rapids 25 years ago knows it looked a lot like downtown Muskegon, except there were buildings instead of dirt, but they were... You know, they were basically empty. You could you could shoot a cannon off in downtown Grand Rapids. There's nobody there. So then the developers, construction companies, came in. They bought a couple warehouses. They started the Bob and started investing some money in it. So then that pretty much uh, went well. So they started looking outside. So now they come to Muskegon, and Muskegon businesses are sending, hiring these same developers. They're building our buildings. They're taking our money, going to Grand Rapids, buying another warehouse, developing it, turning it into bars and restaurants and condos, and selling it over there. So you wonder, why aren't you doing that here? If they use Muskegon companies, they would be building the buildings here and doing the development. It's not that big a stretch to say that you know Muskegon helped uh, build downtown Grand Rapids, and then they just they just laugh at us. They just look over here and laugh at us. It's uh, it's really, I don't think people don't realize how it works that that money should be staying here in uh, our downtown could look like theirs if they would just use more local businesses. Isn't one side of that, though, the the positive of that being at least these developers from outside of Muskegon see the value in developing downtown? Well, I don't know if they see the value. They see the check. Uh, I mean, if, if a Muskegon company goes to Grand Rapids and they get all... Uh, it's It's like the... A prophet's never accept in his own country kind of thing, where they see a Muskegon company and they see a Grand Rapids company, construction company, they go, oh, wow, look at them. Look at all the fabulous things they did in Grand Rapids. They must be better. When actually, they, they're no different than, than uh, the people here. Uh, and the, they're more than happy, because these are, like, these are not jobs that are even put out for bids. They just give them to these developers in Grand Rapids who take the profits and then reinvest them in Grand Rapids. I don't see a whole lot of uh, that money staying here. It's all heading over there. If you go by the mall, I mean, there's there's big, there's a big uh, project going up right across the street from the mall. Uh, that's a, a Holland developer and contractor, so all that money will be heading to Holland. If you go anywhere around the mall, you'll see uh, uh, signs, and they're all Grand Rapids companies. None of it's none of it's staying. That's just cash leaving this town. That should be reinvested downtown. 
Let's uh, let's take a second and revisit a couple of questions back from. <laughs> I was so succinct uh, with my answers. <laughs> How could we have uh, to revisit? Perhaps more than a couple of seconds. Okay. Uh, well, these are these are questions from way back in uh, in podcast number seven episode of uh, Inside Muskegon. So we just had one microphone. We had to share it. It there was, was a single light bulb. Now look at this place. My how we've grown. Yeah, fabulous. But we we talked about back then uh, some things that you like about Muskegon and you know staying on the the positive side. Uh, some of the things that you see in the community that are positive. Uh, I think there's a there's a small core of people that do all the work, uh, and you see them at all the parties, you see them at all the events, at all the openings, and it's it's so that's good. There's a, there's a um, and they're very um, adamant about it. They're very uh, feverishly defending Muskegon at every turn. So I think that's a positive. I think what they're doing on the lake shore, at least they're trying to do something. I don't know if you know you build condos staring at a power plant. I don't know if that's uh, the way to go, but it's a start. You know, if they get the the boats and marinas going down there, that'll be a, a good thing. Um, actual Muskegon itself. Things you like to do. Uh, I like to go to. I like to bowl. <laughs> I like to go to Lakeshore Taverns. Always good. They usually have good bands there. Uh, the beaches are nice if you don't go at night. Um, I don't know. Just driving around. It's a nice place. Well, we kind of hit on this on a few of our other. Uh questions and answers things we were talking about um you know what needs improvement with the community well i'm uh, the downtown i don't know if it's i don't think they're ever going to get people back down here i mean the the geographic center has moved and it's going to be really hard to spin that around and bring it back um and i think trying to to build a downtown when you've already got the stuff going on by the mall is going to be a it's a it's a big undertaking. I think, again, it should go more towards education or, or business or something down here. Um, but I, I, I like the development that's going on. At least it's something. At least there's some dirt moving, not just uh, uh, Walmart bags blowing around in the field. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's put on a little bit of a different hat for you and talk about Muskegon as a, as a community. And what would the community of Muskegon need to do to get you to open a business in Muskegon? Cleaning up a little would be nice. I mean, when I go to other cities and look at how uh, the streets and the sidewalks and the houses are kept up, it's not the same as here. Uh, you know, spray some weeds in the cracks, uh, sweep a little bit, pick up some trash. There's not one street in Muskegon, one major thoroughfare that I would be proud to bring someone and say, like, okay, let's drive the length of Lakedon. I mean, have you ever seen Lakedon? It's, it's it's a dive. There's or or, or Apple or uh, or Sherman, um, Broadway. The the nicest two places are two strip joints. Is that a good sign for a city when your two nicest places are uh, strip bars? I don't know. But I, I yeah, I'd like to see it cleaned up a little. I'd like to see a little pride. It's it's like when um, people wear flip flops at church. Somebody did it first, and they went, oh okay, that's okay. So then someone did it the next day because, you know, the first lady did Then more and more and more, and pretty soon it becomes acceptable. So one guy doesn't paint his house, and one guy doesn't mow his lawn, and someone says, well, my house isn't as bad as his, and then it just, it just spreads out from there. Uh, I've lived here, you know, the first 25 years of my life, and uh, it was a very nice place, and there was a lot of pride in the houses and the neighborhoods, and I just don't, I don't see it. And that's what I'd like to see, a little pride. Well, that's that's the second part of this question that I had is, um, you know, maybe 
some people know, most people don't know that you, you grew up in the Muskegon area and you live in Grand Haven now. So I think you get a little bit of heat for writing a, a Muskegon. Yeah. It's nice because I get it from both sides because the people in Grand Haven go, what are you doing here? You're Muskegonite. And then the people there, I just have to stand on the bridge with one foot on each side and wait for it to open. <laughs> it's kind of like a ping pong game. <laughs> yes. you know, you're getting hit I'm both a man ways. without a city. <laughs> well, uh, you know, to that point, what would it take to get you to move back to Muskegon? Um, if I could find a house like the one I have in a in a decent area, I, I would do it. Um, you know, I've I've looked at houses here before, and I, I have no problem living here. It's just where I live in Grand Haven. It's it's close to the water. It's it's right downtown. It's just a couple blocks south of downtown, so I can walk downtown. I can walk to the beach. It's it's hard to find a place that kind of location here, and uh, it's also extremely. Um, I mean, there's people out all over. They're riding their bikes. They're running around. There's, you know, walking their dogs. So it's a very active part of the community. And it, I mean, really, if it's Grand Haven and Muskegon, they they touch. Is is Grand Haven that different than North Muskegon, or or you know, distance wise? I mean, what's just because it's got a different zip code? I'm a Muskegonite. It doesn't matter where I live. <laughs> all right. Well, let, let's move on to our our final question i usually ask this in the the form of a pitch but maybe i'll you know reword it a little bit if you had one minute to talk with the top 10 leaders in the muskegon community what would you say to them i'd say how come i'm not in the top 10 shouldn't there just be nine of you (laughs) and me (laughs) um i would say you gotta come up with a plan it seems like there's a lot of different factions a lot of different you know everybody's got their little special interests they're trying to branch off and do and just somebody take control and you know grab the city by the neck and say this is what we're going to do you know you got to have a plan even if it's a bad plan just have a plan and you've got to look around and quit uh, i don't want to say jealous but i mean they're so fervently mesquite pro muskegon that they just put down every place else i mean i've talked to city leaders here and they're like we will not even go over that bridge i hate grand haven i would not trade downtown grand haven for muskegon downtown grand haven is dangerous down and i'm thinking are you out of here freaking gourd i mean there's more there were more people down there on a tuesday night than there were at bike time so you've got to look around and see what's working and then try to implement it here because there's so much stubbornness there's so much you know we are muskegon this is what we do just accept it only no one's accepting it if you're going to get people here you got to do stuff that gets people here and and quit with the uh you know love it or leave it type of thing you got to do something well, thank you very much, Tracy. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And would you like the uh, Kevlar vest back, or do I get to keep this? <laughs> I maybe need that. That's it. a parting gift. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Jason. When I interviewed Tracy back in episode number seven of Inside Muskegon, I said then what I'm going to reiterate now. Tracy's job as a columnist is to give his opinion. That's what he's paid to do, and he does a good job of doing it. I'm a fan of his column. It's like nothing else you'll read in the Muskegon Chronicle, and I look forward to checking it out each week. Likewise, though, it's our job as readers of his column to voice our opinion when we don't agree with something he writes. For instance, I don't agree with what Tracy said about the Muskegon Farmer's Market. I enjoy going down to the Farmer's Market, and it's part of my family Saturday routine. I also think Muskegon Bike Time is a good thing for Muskegon and can't wait for next year's event. Now, did what he wrote about both those topics bother me? 
Not in the least. If Tracy were more positive about Muskegon, would it help the perception of the community both internally and externally? That's probably a fair question. Maybe it would, but would his column be as interesting if it were all positive? One of the main differences between being a podcaster and a journalist is that as a podcaster, you don't have to be objective. I think Tracy Lorenz is funny. I think what he writes about Muskegon is fair game because he is a Muskegonite. Sometimes you have to poke fun at yourself once in a while. Does he cross the line sometimes? Maybe for some. And if he does, and most importantly, if you feel strong enough that he does, it's up to all of us to let him and the editors of the Chronicle know. So to see what Tracy Lorenz is writing, pick up a copy of the Chronicle on Thursday or visit MLive.com. I'm going to move on now to some listener feedback. And if ever there were a time for listeners to submit their feedback on a podcast, this is it. So for the latest feedback on Inside Muskegon, visit our website at InsideMuskegon.com. You can post your own comments to the site, view the comments of others, and even comment on their comments. That brings us to the conclusion of episode number 95 of Inside Muskegon. For more information, visit our website at InsideMuskegon.com. Inside Muskegon is produced by Jeremy Sear. For Inside Muskegon, I'm Jason Pisecki. Feedback is welcome at Jason at InsideMuskegon.com. This has been the Inside Muskegon Podcast. Comments are welcome through our website or by emailing jason at insidemuskegon.com.